um, that David had brought things, he built the kingdom, he had conquered so much, and that Solomon was called to take things and go even further. And we'll look at that in the second part of Solomon taking the, the church, the, the Israel, Israel, well, Judah at that point, into a new phase. And so today we, we, we want to see a restoration take place in our midst, even. And, and we can learn so much from, from reading Old Testament scripture and understanding Old, Old Testament scripture. Because the same God who wrote all this and dealt with the people in those times is the same God that we serve today. He wasn't a grumpy God in the Old Testament and took a happy pull and now happy God in the New Testament. It's because we can learn so much about God's nature and the way he, it's very black and white in the Old Testament, how God operates it. You know, he killed people and people died under it. He was grieved though. There's something of a grieving we read there. But God won't tolerate sin. And our biggest challenge, so I was with um, the Greenpoint leaders the other day, uh, this week, and one of the guys said, I lived in the Middle East and I was wrecked forever when I saw how the Middle East people lived. He said, if they, they had to, if they chose Jesus, tomorrow they can die. They walk out their house and they stand for Jesus, they can die. It's just black and white. There is no option of lukewarm. We have the option of lukewarm. They don't. And even today in our society, the biggest enemy we have is within us, that of just losing focus of what God wants to do. And I thank God for the way Hannes has responded over this time, uh, the way Grant stepped in and took the congregation and led it the way he did through his gifting with Lorna. And to see Hannes and Mariska coming back with their, the flavor and, uh, and the gifting upon their lives to take this into more. And I want to go that in the second part. But we see in the spiritual realm, there's a distinct uh, handing over we see of spiritual authority from David to Solomon. And this afternoon, we can't see it necessarily easily or obviously, but there's a handing over of a spiritual authority that's going to take place. I don't know if I mentioned I was here last time about two months ago, and um, I remember once when Andrew was leading a meeting years ago in, in Sunningdale, and he wasn't feeling well. He was up on the, on, the, on, the, in, on the stage at the time. He said, I'm not feeling well. Will you take the meeting? And as he said that, I felt an anointing come on my life. It, just, it was tangible. I could feel it. And after a short while, we carry on worshiping, and, and then he came and said, I'm feeling better now. I'm going to take it back, take back the meeting, the leading of the meeting. As he said that, I felt something lift off me and go onto him. There's a spiritual authority at God. We are spirit beings living a temporary physical existence in this life. And there's a spiritual authority. We're going to do, I'm going to do something symbolic now. And uh, you'll see it physically, but you'll understand something is taking place in the spiritual realm even as we do that. God raises up elders. He gives them authority. There's an authority that comes from God. In Acts chapter 20, Paul says to the Ephesians elders, the Holy Spirit has made you elders. And we've got to understand this is a spiritual moment that we're going to experience this afternoon of God doing something powerful, of a, of a shifting in the heavenlies, of the spiritual realm, of the recognition of what God has, has put His hand on. And so, having said all that, I want to say this. Yeah, would you guys both come? Is uh, Hannes, is Mariska available? Where, where's Hannes? Yeah, she's right there with her extra person. <laughs> Give you a minute.
Thank you. <laughs> Gonna beat them on the head with a stick now. <laughs> you, you guys stand over there. Face, can you guys stand over here, please? Yeah. Let me stand over here so I can see everybody. This is actually, it may seem so trivial and so simple, but I actually want you to turn around and face that way and put your hand back. Remember like, yeah, like that. Yeah, that's it. He, he, did, a, he did relay racing. This is something I picture I had the other day with the elders when I shared a few weeks ago, the passing of the baton. Any of you did relay racing? And yeah, yeah. you did. Yeah. So I want you guys to move forward and hand over to them, please. You didn't do relay racing. You're supposed to bring it up like that. Um, we'll forgive you that minor indiscretion. Um, but right now, I really believe there's been a transference of what God has entrusted to them for a season onto them until God says otherwise. And can we stand, please? And any other elders here, why don't you just come forward and just join us? Yeah, if we can, let's lay hands on you guys. Can you guys come and lay all this, lay hands on them? Father, we just thank you for this moment, Lord, that's... We're, Lord, it's ordained by you, Father. We've picked up your heart and your ways. And, Lord, we're trusting in you. Our trust is totally in you, God, and what you're doing here this afternoon. And we thank you, Father, for this beautiful couple who have surrendered themselves and allowed you to work in them so wonderfully and powerfully that they might serve you in the gift of leadership, Lord. And they count it an honor and a privilege to be able to do so. And, Father, we pray for anointing just to rest on them right now. And for your sake, Lord, for, to glorify you, to lead your people, your church, not for their own blessing necessarily, Lord, but to fill them with wisdom and understanding in leading your people into all truth and righteousness, God. We thank you, Father, that you equip us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. You equip us in the spiritual realm, and we pray right now in the Spirit that they be fully equipped for every task that will come their way, Lord. We thank you for this in Jesus' wonderful, beautiful name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, guys. You can sit down. Yeah. The children can go out at this point. It's very hot yet. Fast bait. So there's some things that David says, and I want to go to chapter 22, 1 Chronicles chapter 22. There's some things that David says here, 
preparations for the temple. And uh, 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5, if you've got that available. Um, I don't know how quickly you can hop around scriptures here. But it talks of us being, you know, the church, the building, that God's using us as living stones. And uh, I want to look now at what God has entrusted here in terms of people, um, in terms of the living stones that God has given Hannes and the team to go forward. And you, you are those people. I want to talk to you guys now and encourage you and spark something, I hope, in you of what God wants to do in your lives and how you fit into this picture. It's not just Hannes and Mariska and the elders and maybe the deacons. At the, it's the, all of us. This belongs to us. Uh, the ownership, the responsibility it belongs to God, obviously. Uh, I've said that. But the responsibility of this church and being part of it is up to us. As you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer a spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And I hope, even this afternoon, I'm trusting that there'll be a holiness that will come upon us. Did I get the whole thing? Yeah. Um, I'm trusting that there'll be a holiness that would almost settle on us. Um, just of God, what He wants to do within each person's heart. A refocusing of your hearts and where God has got you right now in His plan. Are you firmly in His grasp? Are you firmly in His grip? That, he was to, that if you were to go into eternity right now, you'd be completely ready to go and meet Jesus. That He would walk with you and meet you at that point. So David starts talking about the preparation. And I'm going to start reading through it, if you don't mind, from verse 2. Well, verse 1, he says, Then David said, The house of the Lord God is to be here, and also the altar of burnt offering for Israel. So David gave orders to assemble the aliens living in, in, in Israel. Um, and then he starts talking about all the gateways, the fittings, and, and the, the nuts and bolts. Um, and then I want to go to verse 5. So if you don't mind, for the sake of time, I'm going to jump a wee bit. Uh, verse 5, David said, My son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence and fame and splendor in the sight of all the nations. And that's the temple that God's talking about here. He wants this to be, look beautiful amongst all the nations. And today, I want to, we want to acknowledge that Hannes is young, okay? Uh, he is inexperienced. And let's get that behind us and over and understand that God has raised him up to lead at this point. I'm going to show you how this can work and how God wants to use Hannes as a leader and with others around. This is when the rest of you guys kick in. That's where your role uh, calls to play your part. So David prepared materials, he got all the materials ready, and in a sense, God says he's equipped every one of us uh, for works of use. We're all fit for purpose, every single one of us. There's something that God's put in us to bring and offer to God through our life. There's no passengers in the body of Christ. Every single one of us is called to offer their lives completely and say, Lord, how do you want to use me? And then we see all the way through the Bible, God always, always raises up leaders to lead his people. He never leads and never works in a vacuum. There's always people that, that he raises up to say, take my people forward. It's not for their glory, but it's for us. It's for Jesus' glory, but it's for our benefit and, and well-being and that we come into the full purposes of God, that we have these leaders. I always believe one of my tasks is to prepare the body of Christ as in my role, in my gifting that I've been given, to stand before God one day and give an account for their lives. Even today, I, I picture moving you closer to Jesus in, in, through the gifting that I am. 
Mike was here last week. He will, he will affect you in leadership through the gifting that he is towards Jesus and as God wants to use him as a messenger. And the message that would come through me would be one probably slanted pastorally, because I'm a, Andrew would say I'm a fivefold pastor. And, um, and so my gifting is to try and help you. I, you know, when I look across the room here, I picture every one of you standing before Jesus. And will you be ready? You know, will you be ready to face him and meet with him and give an account for your life? We can't live your life for you. We can lead you and encourage you and walk ahead of you by example, but we can't lord it over you. We can't boss you around. But I want to also look at another aspect of that. So the materials God has given us, he's, he prepared. So David preparing all the materials then, saying, he has all the materials. I'm giving you everything. And he acknowledges Solomon is young. Um, therefore, verse, sorry, I'm using multifocals here. I've got to get in the right spot to be able to read. Therefore, I'll make preparations for it. Um, that part I just read about making a house that's magnificent. And uh, therefore, I make preparations for it. So David made extensive preparations before his death. In some ways, as an older person, that's some, some of the eyes that I look through and understanding and the mindset that I do ministry through now. I'm looking for the next generation. I'm looking for the harnesses. So when, when we go, there's a bat, the baton's passed over, and we can go into glory and know that the kingdom is in safe hands. Will Maria passed into glory on the 12th of November last year, one of our leaders. And I, I think he'd be so proud of you as here. Maybe he is looking down upon us. We never know the exact extent of that. But to see Hannes being restored. I think he'd be so proud of you, Hannes. That he knows that the baton's been passed to a capable leader who loves Jesus with all his heart. Loves his Jesus. So all the time, David's getting ready now to hand over then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord. So we charge you this today. Build a house for the Lord. You've been given all this and more to build a beautiful building for Jesus. David said to Solomon, Sorry, I can't see properly now for the tears. Is it up there, Craig? Thank you. Thank you. David said to Solomon, My son, I had it in my heart to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me saying, You have shed much blood and great walls. You, you shall not build a house to my name because you have shed so much blood before me on the earth. Next verse, please. Behold, a son shall be born to you, shall be a man of rest. I'll give him rest from all his surrounding enemies, for his name shall be Solomon, which means peace. And I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name. He shall be my son and I will be his father. I will establish his royal throne in Israel forever. Now, my son, the Lord be with you so that you may succeed in building the house of the Lord. Your God has he has spoken concerning you. And he gives um, the older folk uh, to help him. Um, And, and, uh, and I think God's given us older people around us. You know, um, I was reading two chronicles today as well, where um, the first king of Judah, Jeroboam, he, uh, did I get that name right? I might have got the wrong name. Um, but the first king, he, he becomes king after, 
after Solomon and, and uh, it's divided, it's still one, one Israel at that point. And he calls the older men to come and give him advice. And they, and they say, don't be too hard on the people of Israel. So then he thinks, oh, well, let me call the young men. The young men came and, come and say, no, you've been too soft. Be harder than Solomon. Make it harder for the guys. So he tells the people, and he, and he becomes harder, and then it all goes pear-shaped after that. He took the wrong advice. So yes, God can work through young people, give wisdom, but there's something of old people here who I believe will help you in building the charge that God's given to you. I want to just speak prophetically, I felt for you, JJ and Sonia. I hope God wants to awaken something more in you guys. You've been faithful as they come. You've been there and just given everything. And I also want to speak to Brendan and honey, where are you guys? Wave your hand quick if you are here. There's as you at the back somewhere. And the others that are here, Mike and Shannon Feet, and those people, Barrent, I'm just seeing face, oh, Brennan, wait. and many other names I could mention. You've, been, you've got such a rich deposit here of, of older guys to help you. A lot of other congregations would die to have people like you've got here. Well, kill, I don't know. <laughs> you've got such quality people here. I want to pray that something awakens in you guys. That you won't grow weary in doing good. That you'll fire up and refire at this time and refresh yourselves in the spirit. That you'll serve God with everything that you've got. Time is short, folks. There's a speed in a, and a, a speed of the hour. There's an urgency in the hour of what God wants to do. You know, we can, we can speed up Jesus' return. The Bible says in 1 or 2 Peter. It says you can speed up His return by us coming into alignment with the will of God and, and doing what God requires of us. There can be a, there's no set time, we know, except the Father knows, but... There's, a, there's something that we can contribute and not just be laid back. Our biggest challenge, as I said earlier, is lukewarmness of good life, of a comfortable life. But God wants to maybe shake that today, and will you be willing and allow God to shake that, to shake your lives, to really present your lives afresh to Jesus and say, Lord, I want to get behind this guy. I want him to feel that. Will he feel you behind him? Will he know that he's got all of your hearts to take this congregation forward and missing with all the other congregations. Will you know that? Will you express that to him even practically and as God works and gives you the words for that? But folks, God is stirring up troops into action here this afternoon. But then David has this prayer in verse 11. Now my son, the Lord be with you. I believe the Lord is saying this over you. So that you may succeed in building the house of the Lord your God as he has spoken concerning you. Only may the Lord, the, may the Lord grant you discretion, understanding, wisdom. That when he gives you charge over Israel, you may keep the law of the Lord your God. The, the values that, of the kingdom. Then you will prosper if you are careful to observe the statutes and rules that the Lord commanded Moses for Israel. The word, the truth that God's given us. Be strong and courageous. Fear not. Do not be dismayed. And then he goes on the, back into all the stuff that he's given. I feel the Lord saying that over you this afternoon. The Lord be with you. Success. Glorifying Jesus. Discretion. Wisdom. And a command I'm entrusting to you. Success. If observe. He said there's always so many ifs in the Bible. If you observe, he says to him. Obedience. And in verse 15 he talks about skilled uh, people. 
says, you, you have many workmen, stone cutters, masons, and carpenters, as well as men skilled in every kind of work, in gold and silver, bronze and iron, craftsmen, beyond number. Now begin the work, and the Lord be with you. And that's the people I'm mentioning here, Hannes. And there's many other, many other names. Put your name in that list. Throw your name in the hat. That I'm going to be a skilled worker. Paul said of himself, I'm a master builder. Paul the apostle, I'm a skilled builder. You're all called to be skilled. We had, and I was with another congregation this last week, and we had a leaders' meeting, and, and um, one of the, I asked them questions. I said, what do you guys all think? How things are going? What's happening? And one of the deacons said, well, the elders are doing great, but we're dropping the ball. He said, we don't get there on time. We rock up just minutes before. He says, we don't take the kingdom of God seriously. You know, try that at work. I was in the marketplace 23, 24 years. I was a factory manager. I used to fire people if they were late. But we come into the kingdom, we treat it so lightly. You know, oh, it's just church, there's a meeting, whatever, whatever, you know. It's a holy moment right now, folks. It's a holy moment. We will serve a holy God. Read the New Te- Old Testament and you get an understanding of God's nature and who He is. We abuse grace so much and mercy so much. Because we get away with stuff, we think, ah, oh, you know, God's not really looking. He's not really there. He is watching. He's watching over your life. Every day, you cannot redeem today. It's gone. I hope your life counted today. Every day when I wake up, I say, Lord, let this day count for you. Let this day count for you, Jesus. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to mean. It could be a rest moment. It could be, a activity. It could be anything. But God, let this day count for you. Let, let my life shine for you this day, Lord. Every day, I dedicate to you, God. I belong to you, Jesus. In verse 19, I want to land with this part here. Now devote your heart and soul to seeking the Lord your God. Begin to build the sanctuary of the Lord, Hannes. God, so that you may bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the sacred articles belong to the Lord into the temple that we built for the name of the Lord. Devote your heart and soul. The question is, have you devoted your heart and your soul this afternoon? Have you devoted and said, God, all of me? And don't you be the judge of that, because you're a poor judge. I'm a very poor judge of my own life. I think I'm doing great. We, we like to pat ourselves, or we battle with guilt, one of the two. Swing between them, don't we? It's so good to walk in an accountable life with someone else and say, how am I doing in the Lord? And the people are not there to break you and to hurt you. If any leader does that, please tell us about it. Leaders are there to bring you closer to Jesus. That's their whole function. To help you grow in your mature, into maturity. To become what Jesus wants you to become in this life going into the next. There's so much work to be done. You calculate the amount of born-again Christians in Malkbos. Barna did a statistic in America. They say about 5% of people in America are actually born again. We're about 70. Oh, the figure changes all the time according to humanism and things. But, um, but about 70% of people in America. And, and likewise, in this country, the figure's dropping quite a lot. People have been more honest, I think. And, but about 80, 70, 80% in this country would proclaim to be cultural Christians, you know. If you add the statistics up of the born-again churches or those who are really preaching salvation message and that you need to be born again to enter the kingdom of God, to hand over your life completely to Jesus, if we've got 5%, we're doing well. There's a lot of work to be done, folks. A lot of work. I'm preaching one side I know right now. 
Don't neutralize what I'm saying. Don't dilute what I'm saying in your mind. Yeah, it's been too heavy now. There's also another side of God. I know there's another side of God. But I'm bringing an aspect of God's heart this afternoon of a, of a devotion. Are you devoted to Christ? Are you devoted? Lay everything down for His sake, for His glory. I love to go into a time of worship, of song. That's not the only worship we have. Worship is love, obedience, truth. My, my disciples worship in truth and obedience. So as we go into a time of worship now, I really want you to, I challenge you to respond. This could be a crucial moment in your life, a changing moment in your life. You can dial out for the next time, for the next part of this time together. You can just sing songs, go through the motions. Or you can allow God to really challenge your heart. Let Him challenge your heart right now. There's work to be done here in Milk Boss. We've got incredible people on a I'd love to thank to all the other guys, Mark Davies, who's led this congregation, Mornay, who initially planted it, established it back in the day, and Ivan, and all the other older guys who've laid foundations and have taken ground. And now the baton's been handed to Hannes. Take this further. Hannes, I believe God's going to use you so powerfully. I know there's always like to try and flatter people sometimes in our prophetic words, and something in us to want to tend towards that, but I don't want to flatter you. I really believe as God's humbled you, and as I said to the deacons the other night, you still look the same on the outside, but there's a battle scar that you've got now, which is going to count for God's glory. You are going to be so powerful in His hand if you keep obeying Him, if you keep following Him all the way to the end. But let's get behind Jesus as we reflect it and express it to the leadership that God's put in right in front of our very noses. He says, how, in 1 John 4, 20, he says, how can you say you love God? You've never seen. You can't love man who you can see. And likewise, how can you say you obey God who you can't see? And you trust God, but you can't trust people that God's put in your very midst to lead you into the spacious place in God and freedom in God. Let's worship Him. Let's worship Him. Father, because I think we was really capture this moment uh, and it's so important to be present and to celebrate what God's celebrating are you ready for that I'm just going to help you a little bit one of the things that encouraged me about Hannes is I felt maybe just to go one step back when Andrew asked me are you willing to lead the congregation I had a few seconds to decide and he told me he'd already spoken to another elder. Now, he didn't say this, but the feeling was, I'm his second choice. There's so many things that can trip us up in the journey of life. But God is God. And what I've been really encouraged by is just, I want to say to the elders, you guys received us so well. We just felt like our own tra that transition you got behind us. The deacons, the men, like you, you, this is a wonderful, wonderful people. And I want to say we're doing another transition today. Would you, would you go that extra mile? Would you give of your heart? Would you celebrate what God is doing? You know, when I, I knew, I, I sort of felt beginning of December, you know, uh, uh, the word I got from the Lord after Andrew spoke to me is, this will be a good work. It won't be just a, a dead work. It'll be a good work. And so I was stirred by faith. 
And December came. I'm not sure if it's because I went to Jeffrey's Bay. It could have been. Yeah, there's funny things that happen in Jeffrey's Bay. But I sensed, <laughs> I sensed my season was, was ending. And, and what I was encouraged by is when I approached Hannah Snow, it wasn't my decision. It wasn't my decision. I, I, I'm aware that there are people, that we're a team, and there's people over us. But I said, Hannes, what are you sensing in God? And he said to me, man, this responsibility? No ways. It's like, it's like the fear of God was on him. And I, it wasn't because, and his no wasn't a no because he didn't want the responsibility. His no was because he knew how big God was. And he knew what a privilege it is to shepherd people's hearts and their lives. And I, I sensed something in him. And when he, when he spoke to me, I went, this man's ready. <laughs> I, I felt in my heart, he's ready now. Something's been, it's like God has damaged him enough that we can trust him. You get me? So I want to I encourage you. I'm not, and, and Russell's here and others have felt this is good. I'm willingly doing this. He's willingly embracing this. We as a church are willingly going together. So let's, we, we're going to make sure, now it's not a hoorah, but let's clear out at least two rows of chairs as I'm talking. Two rows of chairs. And we are going to worship and celebrate and just say, God, you are God and we're with you, Lord. And we just, we just enter into what God's doing among us.